0: this is the hunt for wellness podcast with dustin jordan 39 italian job it's another great day for wellness and this is bones bringing the packs of f3 nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, good to be back on the airways with you again this week. Uh, Hopefully everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving opportunity to spend time with loved ones. Uh, Here in the U.S., we're gearing up for the Christmas holiday. And uh, I was sharing with our guest today earlier before we started recording that uh, the lights are coming out of the bins. My wife has got me on ladders trimming trees, and, and cutting down bushes, which is its own health pro- uh, problem in and of itself. But uh, in any case, I'm excited about our guest, an opportunity to delve into some of his health practices, some of his health strategies. A lot of you will probably be familiar with our guest, may have heard him on the award-winning podcast, <laughs> Stuff Worth Trying, uh, <laughs> as well as getting that fantastic newsletter a couple times a month in our inbox from F3 Nation. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Dustin Jordan, otherwise known in the gloom as Italian Job. Welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Honored to be here, man. Thank you so much, Dr. Tunis Hunt, (laughs) otherwise known as Bones in the gloom. It's honored to spend some time with you this morning.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, You know, and and for packs that don't know this uh, about uh, Italian Job and I, he is one of the only packs. I'm pretty sure one of the only packs I've ever shared a bed with. So uh,
1: we, <laughs> we we, 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 we have that going for us. <laughs> That's true. Listen, sometimes when you travel and you don't have the extra funds to, it just works out. And you know, it, right. it was a big enough bed. I'm a small enough guy. You had your yeah. side, I had my side, but yes, that is an accurate statement. As a matter of fact, I think you might be the only other PAX that I have shared a bed with. So yeah. we got that going, for us, which is nice.
0: That's <laughs> right. And of course, we're referring to our trip together down to the Sandlot Jacks uh, event last spring, which we both, I think, would highly recommend every PAX member who's capable of making it down, hopefully, to the second annual one this spring. That's right. We'll get an opportunity to do that. And of course... Uh, Italian Job and I jumped on a ride with uh, Slaughter. Well, actually, Italian Job drove. but uh, I I did
1: drive, but yeah.
0: And and Dark Helmet uh, kept us well entertained all weekend as as we went down there and crashed their hotel room. Uh, They were gracious enough to allow us to tag along and experience that great experience. Um, But in any case, uh, speaking of F3, uh, tell us a little bit about how you learned about F3 Italian Job and why the name Italian Job.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. So I've been in F3 now for a shade over 10 years. Actually, June was my 10 year anniversary. So I've been around for a while. There's a PAX out of Rock Hill, South Carolina named Peach. And Peach was one of the original South Carolina guys. And for six months, hey man, you would love this. You should come out. Oh, dude, you should come out. It's Saturday morning. And, you know, everyone has their excuses. It's too early. Uh, You know, I don't really do that sort of thing. I've got a gym membership. Um, this was one of those, his relentless, relentless pursuit. I said, you know, maybe, maybe that would be pretty fun. Maybe I'll, I'll give it a go. And honestly, I've never told anybody this, but the night before I actually dreamt of what is this workout going to look like? I mean, I I had no idea what to expect. This was before we had YouTube videos and before the presence that we had Slack channels where I knew what I was getting into. I didn't have a clue. Uh, the very first workout that was called was side straddle hops, in cadence. And it was a hundred side straddle hops in cadence, which is Tunis hunt bones will tell you that's way too many to do, especially to start off. It does not get you warmed 400,
0: up. 400, you know, that's exactly
1: right. <laughs> 25. I was like, we're good. When we got to about 30, I was like, clearly he's going to stop. When we got to 50, I was like, uh, what you get me into peach? And then when we finished out at hundred, that's, that's all I remember about the first workout, Uh, But I was named because at the time, I drove a red John Cooper Works Edition Mini Cooper, and uh, they couldn't really figure out what to call me, and they saw the car, and they said, like the Italian job. And I thought, well, I mean, that's a pretty decent movie. That's pretty cool. And so I got named after, at the time, was my mode of transportation, which was a Mini Cooper. I now drive… Silverado, so it doesn't really ring true any longer. But just recently, I bought a classic Mini from the, if you've ever seen the original Italian job with Michael Caine in the 1960s, it's one of those. And so now I have it branded with an F3 sticker on the back. Uh, Love the little car, but I was named after my car of choice at the time, which was the Mini Cooper, now the the classic Mini. So as far as I know, I'm the only Italian job in the nation. I'd like to keep it that way, (laughs) but that's, that's how I got the name. 10 plus yeah. years ago
0: well it makes perfect sense and i think we're as an f3 culture uh we sometimes grab that low-lying fruit which in your case was was pretty much that and i have seen this uh new classic uh mini cooper not much to it pax uh you're 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 you got to be less than a Clydesdale to probably drive it around and uh <laughs> yeah. and is it true italian job uh the wife's not too keen on you driving the family around in it is that correct uh, it-
1: she calls it a death trap. Um, <laughs> the the only uh, safety features outside of a of a seat belt is whatever you're bringing to the table, your brain. Uh, right. It is a right hand drive, left hand shift. But the the doors are as thin as a as a coke can. Uh, the back seat is is inches, I, and I kid you not, inches from the gas tank that is in the <laughs> it was in the boot. Uh, the bonnet is the hood. The boot is the, is the trunk. Uh, Jenny will, my wife will not allow the kids to go anywhere outside of maybe riding around the neighborhood <laughs> and that's about it. But no, she wants nothing to do with it on occasion. I'll pull it out to a F3 workout, but I'm always afraid that the guys are going to try to pick it up and carry it off. Cause it, it weighs 1300 pounds and Good the guys gosh. are always joking about, Hey, let's pick this up. I'm like, I don't trust the structural integrity of those bumpers. So please don't, please don't pick up the car. But Yes. The wife wants nothing to do with it, and certainly doesn't want the kids to ride in it. It's more right. for an afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, or sometimes I'll go and pick up pizza or something in it. But it, it's certainly not good for the interstate. I'll tell you that much.
0: I bet not. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the carnival ride. It's like, all right, Dad's gonna take you around the block uh, on, on this little vehicle or whatever.
1: That's exactly you mentioned,
0: right. Yeah, you mentioned Rock Hill, um, which yep. is here pretty close to the Charlotte region. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've done in these last 10 years with F3. Uh, I, I know that at one point you were much more involved with the Rock Hill region. I, I know you're a little bit closer to the Fort Mill region now. So kind of bring us up to speed what, what, what it is that you're doing uh, as far as that goes.
1: Sure. So I started in the Fort region. The Rock region didn't exist at that point. And I continued to show up. And then they decided, you know, we really should plant a flag across the river. For the guys who aren't familiar, the Catawba River runs in between the towns of Fort Mill and Rock Hill. So there's always this joke of across the river. Hey, did you you get a, a pass to cross over the river? I mean, are you allowed to be over here? So. Um, I started launch, I was part of that launch in Rock Hill. And after we kind of built up the, the core group of guys, um, we launched our own region. I was the original Nantan of the Rock region in South Carolina, just south of Fort Mill. Uh, lived there for several years in Rock Hill. And just about two years ago, my wife and I moved over to Fort Mill where we are now. So I still split my time evenly between the Fort and the Rock regions. Um, so I, I did start out over, over there launching and being part of the leadership team. Um, in the rock region. And now I'm just a PAX. I'm just one of the guys, you know, they call me corporate uh, because I do work in the, in the, in the comm space, um, working with our newsletter and our social media team. Uh, and because we have the podcast, they, they joke and call me corporate, call me whatever you want, as long as I'm included in, in the group. So um, that's kind of my journey from starting as a PAX in the Fort region, moving down to Rock Hill, launching that region, and then moving back to Fort Mill where I am now.
0: Yeah. And and I've, you know, known about you for many, many, many years, uh, just kind of in the gloom The name gets thrown around, but it's been a true pleasure to actually get to know you better over the last couple of years as our crowd has across a lot more uh, even recently. And so I know that you do a lot for the packs here locally. I know the for or excuse me, the Rock Hill region is eternally grateful for all the work that you did to getting that uh, region up and running because that's a very strong region uh, they have a lot of participation, a lot of good uh, guys down there really, um, you know, making an impact in their community. And a lot of that can be traced back to, you know, some of the work that you did with that. You mentioned podcasts, you mentioned corporate, you mentioned newsletter. So kind of bring us up to speed specifically. What is those roles? Maybe uh plug for the podcast um, that you do and uh, just give us an update kind of nationally, internationally, what you're doing with Up 3 Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm the XQ of Comms. You know, we always have nicknames for everybody, and we always have acronyms. Um, so my role is to oversee our social media piece to make sure that our culture is strong. I work alongside Hello Kitty. That's a name everybody's everyone knows and loves. I want to give some shout outs. Triple Threat. Uh, this is behind the curtain, guys. Triple Threat's our Instagram guy, and Bartman out of Gold Rush is our Twitter guy. So you're seeing, you know, that's that we don't nearly. We don't tell people enough that these are the guys that truly make the things happen. So big shout out to those guys. Um, I answer a lot of the queries that come in on Facebook. We get a lot of folks, especially wives, who reach out and say, hey, this would be great for my husband. How do I find a local region? How do I get my guys involved? So uh, work along that side. And then the national newsletter that comes out on a biweekly basis, um, pull a lot of those stories from the packs themselves and put that together. So I, I do that. i also part of our grow Ruck training teams. So I get to go to Katie, Texas, uh, in just a matter of days, actually, I'm going to go down there and, and help, um, work with the the training guys and help train the guys up for the uh, grow training event. Um, so those are kind of the pieces. Um, and then the podcast I'm a part of is the stuff Worth trying podcast with, uh, with one of my really good friends, Tommy boy out of Greensboro. We, uh, we record in, um, does drop every uh, Saturday, Saturday morning. So uh, I've been asked to do a lot of things. And, and quite honestly, it's, it's, it's a big passion of mine. Uh, I get a lot of energy from hearing from the PACs, listening to the PACs, learning from the PACs. It keeps me going. Um, there's just so much that, you know, when you're working in corporate America, sometimes you get kind of driven into the ground a bit with all the obligations. But for me, this is pure joy. It's, uh, it's a passion of mine to, to spend time with men around the nation, to travel around, meet some guys. Uh, we had a Troubadour program years ago that I used to lead up, which uh, was before we had what we now have as our sector queues. So being around for as long as I've been around, if, if I'm asked, can you do a thing? Once I've cleared it with my wife, then I, chances are I'm going to jump in and do that thing. Um, which reminds me, guys, there's got to be a balance. Um, you'll hear Bones talk about that all the time in moderation. That's a big point that we need to keep in mind, especially with our concentrica. At some point, you're going to realize you're pouring so much into the packs that you're probably not pouring enough into your family. So as a a word of warning, if you haven't had this conversation with your wife yet, you will. Uh, I had the eye-opening experience when my wife said, sometimes I feel like you love those men more than you love us. Dagger stabbed me in the heart. uh, But all of my actions were showing exactly that. You make time to post it five o'clock in the morning, every morning you, you go on these weekend trips, you go on these C-stop events, but what about us? What about, uh, what about what's going on between the walls of your household? So just warning you guys, keep it all in relation. You're going to spin those plates, but keep your concentrica in order and your M and your shorties. That's your priority. F3 is good. It's great, but don't make it your idol. Don't make it everything that you, you live for because, it will get things out of, out of orbit.
0: Yeah. And that's that's wise words, obviously, you know, having that personal experience yourself, you know, you can speak to that specifically. And, you know, it was funny that you beat me to the punch because as you were explaining all the things that you did out in my, my back of my mind, I'm like, wait, does this guy even have like a real job? Uh, I thought he was married <laughs> with kids. I mean, he's, this guy's doing it all for F3. So uh, I'm glad that you kind of, you know, added that aspect of the story back into it as far as the reality is we all love F3. Um, some of us get an opportunity to participate in, in it at some different levels and, and and that's great. And those opportunities are fantastic when they're appropriate, but it should not be at the cost of what's really most important. And the whole purpose of F3 is to make you a better man so that you can be a better husband, a better father, a better community leader, not a better F3 Grow, you know, or a pack or or whatever, you know. And and I think sometimes we get all caught up in wanting to be, you know, accelerating in F3, and that's great. And we should want to accelerate, but the purpose of that is for the other, not for in and of itself just to be an F3 packs person. Um, So I'm glad you you put that together. So you spoke, uh, you married, um, so give us a little background of demographics, kind of someone's never met you before, um, kind of paint a picture for them in their mind, uh, of what you look like, uh, kind of family scenarios. So that as we dive into some of your health practices, we have that as relevance.
1: Yeah. So I am, uh, I am married and have been married now for 14 years. I have two children, a daughter, eight years old, a son that is three years old, Um, So we are still, I'm in between phases. I have a daughter who, who has, is starting to get away from wanting to be daddy's little girl. And I have a son who latches onto me and thinks that I hung the moon. Um, I'm originally from Charlotte. I'm what the locals consider a a unicorn. There's not many of us that are actually born and raised in the Charlotte vicinity. Um, I work as a manager of customer advocacy at a utility here in the Carolinas. so i help connect funds that are available for low-income customers to help pay their utility bills Uh, very rewarding work honored to be associated with that Um, my parents live are still pretty local my in-laws are are just down the road so we keep it together pretty close Uh, we get to see them as as frequently as possible Um, I, i i've been like i said i as far as my fitness journey, I'm considered. If, if you haven't met me before, I'm considered a gazelle, <laughs> and I'm not one of the Clydesdales. I'm kind of a gazelle, uh, and what that means is I'm sub 200. Actually, I'm sub 155. So the guys always pick me in partner carries. Uh, I don't necessarily enjoy reciprocating that when I'm <laughs> when I've got a big hoss on my back. Um, but it just it goes to show that I mean the nation. And what we do in F3 Nation is built for all men, regardless of their sides. You won't see me. I'm not a big center block guy. I'm not a big kettlebell guy. I'm not a huge rucker. Um, but I think there it's, it's good to spice it up a little bit. I mean, some of our runners could use a little bit of kettlebells and some of our kettlebell guys could use a little bit more running. So I think it's important to mix up your routines and try something new. The best thing about F3 and trying something new is you're not trying it alone. You're around other men who want to see you advance, want to see you moving in the right direction, accelerate. So you're not left at, you're not at the gym where you don't even know how to use a piece of equipment sometimes. And I've been there. No one wants to help you. You The muscle muscle guys just want you to get out of the way. Uh, At F3, that's not how it is. I mean, the guys are there to connect with you, to take care of you, to pick up the six. Uh, Regardless if you are a a guy who runs a seven-minute mile or a guy who walks a 22-minute mile, whatever it is, you're not going to do it alone. So that may paint the picture. I'm kind of on the smaller side, uh, but I do mix in... Just about everything, including just recently, we started up a paddleboard AO. I got to experience that for the first time. So we were, you know, it's unique when you're out on a paddleboard at five something in the morning to watch the sun come up with a bunch of F three dudes. You would never know it was there. I've also been on, you know, rucks, you know, mountain rucks with some guys. Uh, I've done grow ruck training events with a lot of men. I mean, you and I have done at least one together um, down in uh, Myrtle Beach and. Um, so I I think it's important to mix these things up and not get too stagnant on the thing that you really enjoy, because I feel like you're missing out on, on the opportunities. If you just do the thing you always do.
0: Yeah. And that is one of the benefits of F3 and certainly has opened up my eyes to the different styles of fitness. I mean, of course, you know, I was aware of, the different things that people were doing in the fitness and health industry just with my own background and my own health journey. Uh, But it's one thing to be aware of what they're doing, another thing to actually participate in it because you didn't really have that entry or you didn't have that person that would do it with you. And that's the nice thing about F3 is, you know, if you're not a big runner but you want to get into it, it's easy to find a couple running people that Will want to do it for you, and the same thing with rucking or kettlebell swings, or even Pilates or yoga or broga or whatever we want to call it. I mean, there's so many things that can help us stretch outside of that traditional weight training or just running mantra. That so many people kind of find themselves doing this this one type of exercise all the time, and I think that's what gets people in trouble. Speaking of that, I mean, obviously you've been in F three about ten years. You mentioned. Uh, walk us back, you know, maybe pre-F3, maybe growing up, or did you play sports? Were you always athletic? Did you ever struggle with health? And then kind of what were you doing before F3 to get in shape or, or if anything?
1: Sure. So I grew up um, in a household. Uh, both my parents were smokers, and uh, I learned early on that was not something I wanted to do. Uh, both my parents were drinkers, um, and I'd seen some folks who you – know, family members – that struggle with addiction. There's a lot of addiction on both sides of my family, so I made a conscientious effort early on that I I didn't want to follow that path. Um, so, uh, smoking and drinking are not my thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with an occasional drink with your buddies, um, but when it becomes a, a lifestyle choice where you can no longer live your life, you're no longer in control. I feel like it it needs to be addressed. Me personally, out of fear of seeing what I've seen in my family, I just won't I won't partake because I don't want to be out of control. I want to make sure that I'm the dad and the husband that I need to be, and I don't want there to be an idol in my life that takes away from it. So um, so growing up in a, in a family, my parents always supported me in, in the desire desires I had. So uh, for a while, it was, it was soccer. I didn't really enjoy that. Uh, it was coach pitch. Uh, I couldn't hit the ball, <laughs> so that didn't work out. Then I was involved in Taekwondo for about four years. And at one time I was world ranked in uh, Taekwondo really enjoyed that. That was my preteen early into uh, about between the ages of 10 and 13. I was very involved. I'm sorry, 10 and 15. I was very involved in Taekwondo grew up in a neighborhood with some rough and tumble guys that we played football and played basketball all the time to the point that it was tackle football and other neighborhoods. We'd say, yeah, you, you bring your guys. Let's just see if you can hang with our guys. So uh, it was always, always hard hitting, uh, which being a smaller guy, you learn how to deal with a little bit of the pain. Uh, played football in middle school and high school, played basketball in church league type stuff. Um, be- before coming to F3, I was kind of a guy who went to the gym three or four times a week. Normally it was just with a group of guys. Um, didn't really get a whole lot out of it more than just the fellowship portion. Uh, I was working those arms, you know, make sure you know curls for the girls, but I was ignoring leg day. It was it was really just just for the the show. I wanted to see if I had some some muscles to show off. Um, but bef- when I joined F three and started working out with F three, uh, my wife and I were helping lead the youth program at the church. Now ten years ago, we were still we were still the cool. Family, we didn't we didn't have kids. Uh, we weren't their parents, so we were cooler than the parents. But we also were not on staff, so we weren't pastors. We were kind of the cooler folks. That, so we would do fun things like you know we would go skiing. We would and I really enjoy skiing. Took them camping quite a bit, which is something I really enjoy. Um, so anything outdoors, I would put it this way. I really enjoy hiking out at the uh, Greenway here in town the uh, and, uh, and close um, Greenway. Love going for hikes. Love skiing. I love being out on the water. Um, I love kayaking. So I try to stay active and mostly it's because I can't sit still. I want to be doing something, but also I want my my kids to look at it and say, my dad does fun things and I get to do fun things with my dad. Uh, Not knocking my dad. My dad was just busy. He worked a lot and he couldn't take us to a camping trip and we didn't have a lot of money. So we couldn't go on a ski trip. So for me, I try to make it fun with my kids. If that means if we're going to walk around the block throw the ruck on my back, or if we're going to go out to the greenway, add a little extra weight on the back. Um, so pre F three, it was really just, you know, just hanging out with, with my buddies at the gym or, or, uh, running was not my thing at this stage. I've done four or five Palmetto two hundreds, two blue Ridge relays, a lot of OCRs, obstacle course races, the, the, the mud run type things. Um, So if it sounds fun and the calendar's open and it doesn't cost too much, I'm going to be all in on it. Um, But I will tell you, my wife tells me all the time, don't look at me for sympathy when you're in pain. You did this to you. Uh, And I have to remember that when I'm walking up the stairs backwards because the latest rucking event has me uh, (laughs) barely walking in a straight line. So um, if it's outdoors and it's reasonably priced, I'm in. I'm I'm all in. and I'll, I'll play along with that game.
0: Yeah. But I was chuckling when you talked about the wife's sympathy because my my wife's the same way. She's her classic is well. I don't know why you do this to yourself. And I'm like, I know, but it's just, I I can't help it. Or I'll talk about uh, over at Thanksgiving, we visited uh, her brother and his family and another couple was there and they were asking questions uh, about fitness. and, And one of them mentioned about running a marathon and then asked if i had ever ran a marathon. And I uh, indicated that I had not officially ever ran a marathon. I've done some of these crazy CSOPs and ran 30 plus miles and all these other kind of things, but just not an official marathon. And they said, you know, would you be interested? And I was like, man, I just don't know. I, it's not that I'm scared of running. It's just all the, the, the training for it and and the stuff that you have to do to kind of prepare for it. And my wife just chimes and she's like, no, I don't think you should do it because I don't want to listen to you <laughs> complain about how bad you're going to feel cramping up on the back end. So anyway, it's just funny. Cause she has seen me uh, push my limits more than once. And, and you come home to try to get sympathy and, and it's just not there. It's the classic. You did this to yourself. Um, I love you and I'll help you, but
1: I don't want to listen to the, to the, you did this to you. You did this to you. Yeah. I've I've learned a few things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say I've learned a few things from these different events. um, And sometimes you learn them the easy way, you know uh, that you can go a little bit further than you think. And then sometimes you learn it the hard way that since you didn't properly prepare, since you didn't properly hydrate um, now you're, now you're sick. Now you're injured. And that stuff happens if you don't prepare. So I hear you, man. I, I have no desire whatsoever to do a marathon. I don't have a desire to do a half marathon. I've done the <laughs> distance before because sure. we do these crazy sea stops. But, you know, it's, there's a difference between running 13.1 miles and then running. I, I'll run 18 miles with pain stations because at least yeah. I stop every two miles and I can right. get a break from the running. And that's what that's the mental block for me. Do I want to run the Charlotte half? No, because there's no pain stations where I can break up to running every <laughs> well, few you can, miles.
0: You can treat all the water stations as a stop, you know, because up and down <laughs> would we'll do some burpees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would have to do a burpee, just do like a squat. So right, here's a yeah. pain station. I'm going to sit here and drink this glass of water and, and then go. <laughs> but yeah, it is funny how the psychological. You know, difference it is that oh, I'm going to run 26 miles straight or versus I'm going to run 26 miles, but I'm going to do it, you know, uh, with, with all these extra stops along mm-hmm. the way. And, and somehow it feels better or easier. Um, but anyway, I, I, I was going to say, it sounds like you've been pretty active all your life, that this wasn't something that F3 wasn't brand new to you as far as the concept of adding exercise or fitness into your, to your life. Did you ever have a health challenge uh, in your past? I mean, did you ever have a moment where your health wasn't or an injury that you felt like you had to overcome?
1: Yeah, when I was a kid, um, with all the jumping that we did in Taekwondo, I, I really messed up my ankle pretty bad. Uh, one of the doctors that that put a cast on it said, you're probably not going to be very active. Um, just We don't know the structural integrity of your ankle. I just don't know if this is the best thing for you to do. So you might want to take a step back, which I saw as a challenge. I'm going to push it as far as I can. Now, I have mangled my ankles, both of them, multiple times in trail runs and playing basketball, playing football where the shoe had to be cut off because it was that bad. Um, But you learn, you adapt, you overcome, you figure out. Um, But also, since my family has a, a tradition or not a tradition, but unfortunately has addiction that runs in it, that was kind of, a challenge that I just decided just not to put myself into. Um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer several years back. She beat it. Uh, but the, the reason she beat it was her mental fortitude of I can do this. Um, one of the reasons I enjoy these grow rock training events is it's not necessarily that I enjoy several hours of, of pain under the log, missing my bed and not sleeping. I don't enjoy that part but I do enjoy the mental aerobics that it takes. You know, I can go further. I don't want to quit because if I quit, I'm quitting on Bones. Bones won't quit because if he quits, he's quitting on me. If I quit, then I put my team in a bad situation. Now they have to shoulder my burden. Um, So it's more along the lines of have I had kind of a setback that has kept me from staying physically? active? Not necessarily. But what I fear is if I do stop being active and start succumbing to the desires, um, the addiction that runs in my family, I, I could derail completely. So I stay active so that I don't fall into the same, um, the same traps that many of my relatives have. So it's, it's more of a mental thing. I just I can't get myself into that situation. I won't allow myself to get in that situation. Then I have men like you who say, hey, brother, I'm right beside you. Keep going. I'm right beside you. So it really helps. And that's the piece, you know, we talk a lot about fitness. We, and we say this all the time. Fitness is the, is the glue or the magnet that draws guys in. It's that magnet that says, Hey man, it's a free workout. Who, who wouldn't want to work out? It's free. Um, but also the glue, the fellowship, that's the piece that I really hold on to, um, to the point that I'll go on these CSOPs, sometimes just volunteer to drive the van. I'll be the emergency runner, which somehow always works out that I'm on a leg somewhere running for somebody. <laughs> it just always happens to be around three o'clock in the morning when, oh, uh, my ankle or my hammies tight or my IT band is acting up. But I get the same fellowship by driving the van, spending the time with the fellows, with the guys. Um, but that, that right there, that glue, that's the thing that keeps me you know, coming back on a routine basis. Um, and then, of course, the, the faith I have. A, um, I don't talk about it a lot on podcasts, um, but personally, my, I have a Christian faith and, um, and it's a very important part of my life. Um, that is kind of the dynamite that keeps things, just blows it all up and keeps me going. Um, my faith is very important to me to the point that uh, when I'm on these long runs and these long events, I'm talking to God a lot. <laughs> a Amen lot of times, it, <laughs> a lot of times it's God, if you let me get through this <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, uh, one of my routines I like to do is a pre run before a workout or pre ruck this morning. It was a ruck where I will, I live at about a mile and a half from three different AOs. So I can walk or run to an AO. And at that point in the morning, that's five o'clock in the morning. There's not much going on. It's just you and your thoughts. So I get to spend that, that you know, 15 minutes or so of focused on the, what I need to do for the day, but also level set. You know, where have I gone astray? Where do I need to focus a little bit of my, more of my effort? Am I, am I being the husband that I need to be? Am I being the dad that's required? Um, and so I spend a lot of time in prayer on those pre-runs or pre-rucks and then do the workout and then post-run, post ruck. Um, it's not much. It's about three miles total uh, spread out over, you know, you think about it 15 minutes there, 45 minute boot camp, 15 minutes home. It's not a lot of time. But at that point, I'm not distracted by my phone. I'm, I don't have work emails coming in. I'm not even listening to music. It's just me and, and, and my thoughts. And uh, so I really enjoy that aspect of a little extracurricular before and after a workout.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, there's something special about the pre and post opportunity to get that extra in it. And it's fun to kind of mix it up. If you're going to an AO that's a boot camp and having a run beforehand, that's nice or a ruck beforehand or or just something else to kind of add variety to even that morning's workout does require a little extra effort. Of course, usually uh, a little earlier wake up call or call to action, Um, but can be worth it. And just a small amount accumulates, right? I mean, 15 (laughs) minutes a day starts to add up and can make that big difference. If you're somebody that's struggling with getting results and you want that extra effort, um, just that extra 15 minutes can, can, can make a big difference. What's interesting to hear about, you know, your mindset around exercise and, and the concern you have as far as kind of falling into the, the arena that you don't want to be in and be an exercise being one of these things that helps keep you going. Are you one of these, uh, love like to exercise or have to exercise type of mindset?
1: You know, it depends on the activity. Um, I love to go for a hike. I love to go for a walk around the block. Um, I love to get on my kayak. Um, I hate going for a run. I hate when pre-running before a running AO because I know that there's going to be eight miles that I was not prepared and my body is not ready for. Um, but it's amazing. Those, I love things tend to be with other people. I love right. to go for a ruck with, with my family, uh, around uh, the greenway. I love uh, spending time with some of the guys on a mountain ruck or, um, or like we mentioned before the blue Ridge relay or, or, um, the Palmetto 200. I love spending time with these guys. I'll, it's amazing that you'll run through a brick wall when you're there with your guys. My speed tends to pick up when the van is coming up close. All oh, of a sudden. Of course. Oh yeah. All, all of a sudden. That the exchange I, zone.
0: You see that, thing, like, oh, you yeah.
1: pick that? You pick up that speed. When, when you see that exchange zone ahead, you're like, I better finish strong. If that That's means right. I'll be curled up in the fetal position in the van when we get there. But I, if somebody's coming, I'm going to pick up the, 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 the pace a little bit so I can, I can pull it together, but do I love to, to work out if it's including my brothers in the gloom? I do. I do. I really do. But, um, it doesn't mean that this morning when the alarm went off at four 30 and I saw that it was 38 degrees and Mm -hmm. I'm doing it by myself. Do I really want to go? I mean, Tesh is on cue. He's, it's not going to be easy. Um, I, I looked at that, 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 I looked at my phone for probably 10 minutes before I finally said, but if I don't do it, when am I going to do it? If I, if I say I'll do it tomorrow, that turns into, I'll do it this weekend, which turns into next week, which turns into never. So I'm a big fan of a hard commit. I mean, Bones is expecting me there. Um, Put me on the queue schedule because that's a guarantee that I I have to be there. The guys are are counting on me. I'm, I'm the guy for that workout. So I'm going to make sure that I make it worth their while and I make it worth the wake up.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Are you a, exercise on vacation guy or do you take time off is, is it one of those? i mean because you know go ahead answer and i'll and i'll, I'll show sure. my perspective
1: if uh if we are posting in a town or if we are if we are in a town where there is a workout let's say we're there for five days i'll post one or two days i'm not going to yeah. be there all five days um i think that rest and relaxation re- relaxation are of paramount importance um i need to have the energy at you know three o'clock in the afternoon when the kids want to go run down the beach, I don't want to be the guy that says, ah, later guys, I'm I'm too tired. So, um, let's just arbitrarily say we go to Disney. I'm not working out for one second when we're at Disney, because I'm going to walk 20,000 steps that day. Um, so I think there's a fine line. I think there are some guys who are, they're going to be at it regardless. And if that means that they're going to be in the gym downstairs at five o'clock in the morning or running around the parking lot, good on you, brother. That's not me. Um, yeah. Vacation is vacation. And I want to make sure that I'm spending time with the family.
0: Yeah. And that's a similar mindset that I have. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, exercise is important to me. I have fitness goals and, and goals that I want to make and, and hit. And I know that the longer the problem is the longer you don't exercise, the harder it is to get back into it. And so yeah. my rule of thumb has always been. No longer than three days. So, I, I, you know, if it's three days and I have an exercise, I will exercise regardless of my scenario, situation, wherever I'm at. Um, hopefully, it doesn't get to three days. Yeah. Now, I, I may not get up to your point at four thirty in the morning on vacation to go post sure. with another F three region, but I may get up at eight and go for a long walk with my wife, or mm-hmm. you know, do some kind of calisthenics you know, for 25 minutes at some point, get a little workout in, but not be sleep deprived at the same yeah. time. I, I think there's, you know, a good balance. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a huge, awesome opportunity to post downrange. I mean, that is yes. just so much fun with that. So Agreed. I'm not discouraging that at all. And if you have an opportunity, especially if you're traveling on business or you're by yourself. Sure absolutely. In my opinion, you should try to find that opportunity. But yeah, if you're spending a week at the beach with your family, you may not want to get up at four in the morning, your entire beach vacation, uh, sure. just so that you can post a uh, couple days. Yes, but yeah. uh, maybe not, maybe not every day.
1: And, and some of the, most of the time, if you're downrange, you're sharing a room with, with the kids and everybody. So if you're right. getting up at four thirty in the morning, the last thing I'm going to do is wake up a three-year-old and then say, Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> now, my, now my wife, Jenny, is like, are, are you kidding me? It's five right. o'clock in the morning and now I've got a, a child that's wide awake and wants to watch something on TV and you just kind of escape. So there's some balance there. You mentioned, do you have any rules or anything that you follow? I, there's three things that I do on a routine basis. One, every morning I weigh myself. I, I want to know where am I on the scale, literally. Uh, my goal. I have a goal weight in mind and I know What I fluctuate I know where I can stay within rhythm and I know when it's above that it's time to increase it's time to to increase my step count work out a little bit more watch the intake of the calories so the first thing I do every morning is I do weigh myself. Um. And And as you get
0: closer to these grow rocks, you make sure you're under that 150, right? That's exactly (laughs) right. Because there's a
1: big difference. You don't realize it, but there's a big difference between a 20-pound plate and a 30-pound plate when you're spreading it over 12, 13, 14 14 miles or 12, 13, 14 hours. So that's one of the things. Another one um, that I'm a big proponent of is I set a goal every day. I want to get 10,000 steps in. If that, and, and it doesn't always happen. I mean, there, if you work out in the morning, if you post, you're most likely going to hit that. But there are times where you don't post and you look down, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, you have 3000 steps. So what are you going to do about that? I'm not going to lie to you. There've been times where I've been in the bathroom doing Moroccan nightclubs, just trying to get those extra. And it's all me. No one sees it. No one sees my, my step count. No one tracks that. But for me, I know if I'm not hitting 10,000 steps Did I do anything that day? So I have a goal of 10,000 steps per day. And then the last one that if I'm, if I'm feeling a little bit, you know, my diet's been off, you know, we're thinking we're post Thanksgiving. So you've eaten a lot of stuff. You've had a lot of leftovers there may be some sweets in the house. I try to incorporate a little bit of intermittent fasting. Uh, I don't do it all the time. It's not something that, uh, it is a set routine, but I would say I will do that at least, you know, a week or two per month where I will. I will stop eating at 6 p.m. and I will not eat again until about 10 a.m. the following day, which really means you're cutting dessert or those late night snacks and you're not eating breakfast now at 10 o'clock. That doesn't mean that I go and get a frozen pizza and down a frozen pizza, but that might mean that I'll, you know, I'm going to start incorporating a couple snacks in um, some peanut butter on, on apples, peanut butter and crackers, stuff like that. Um, But those are kind of my three, health things that I try to keep in mind. Again, if I post on a routine basis, the 10,000 steps happens. I mean, geez, it is currently, yeah, I'm at 11,000 steps. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. It's because I posted this morning. So I have no problem hitting that. And then this evening it'll go how it goes. Um, but yeah, keeping track of my weight. I know a lot of guys will do a measurement. I can tell my clothes aren't fitting right. And normally it's because I've eaten a whole bunch of crap. And, uh, and so I just try to I don't cut certain things um, unless I, I mean, I'm not going to sit down and eat several pieces of cake, but this past weekend uh, we took my daughter to the Charlotte Symphony and we went to a nice restaurant. And so when they said, would you like to see the dessert menu? The answer was yes, absolutely. That triple chocolate cake looks pretty slamming, but I'm also not eating a a big piece of chocolate cake on a routine basis. I'm going to mix it in, but I'm not going to gorge on it on a daily basis because you'll see it. You'll feel it in your clothes and you'll see it on the scale.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you're kind of just preaching about these bricks and guardrails that we all have and need. And, and it sounds like these are the things for you to kind of just make sure these metrics that you're hitting on a daily basis, because you know, that if you hit these metrics on a daily basis, that that'll accumulate the weekly and the monthly and the yearly and essentially get you those results. And that's a good point. You know, that you know, packs, if you're out there and you are struggling with some health concerns or trying to be consistent just try to find one thing to measure and, and just hit that a make it realistic, but B yeah. just track that. And as long as you're hitting that, be good at that. And then you can add a second thing and a third thing and, <laughs> Most of us um, who've really put a lot of emphasis in health and wellness have done it long enough to where we have a lot of things we do, but most of it we didn't start with. And certainly uh, we've adjusted over time. And as I've learned, and that's one thing I've always tried to keep as an open mind when it comes to this, as I learn strategies that are better than others or even things that I was just flat out wrong on Mm -hmm. uh, with new light, I, I, you know, I, be able to pivot and, and, and change and, and so forth. So, well, I appreciate those, the, the, that, that, uh, strategy of, of what you said Now, do you take, uh, vitamins? Do you do any type of nutrient boosting things on top of just the diet that you use?
1: I am not, uh, I don't. And the reason is we make sure that we've got a lot of leafy greens in our diets, um, you know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with taking supplements as long as these are good supplements, not just something that you buy that ends up being a bunch of filler. That's not good for you. Someone just trying to sell a thing. Um, I don't take supplements mostly because I, when i have my blood work done on a routine basis, um, everything is within the parameters. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, I'm just cheap. (laughs) And so instead of spending the money on, on vitamins and supplements, I just try to do it with diet, um, with leafy greens, um, Good, good foods that are good for you, lean meats. Um, so I, I don't necessarily stick with that sort of thing. Now, when it comes to uh, supplements for electrolytes, I have found what works for me. I have to, I can't do strictly water, and I certainly can't do sugary Gatorades and Powerades. For those who who have experienced these long duration events with me, they know my body does not handle you know, sugary drinks after a run. So for me, I, I, and I'm a big proponent of asking guys what works for them. And, and F3, they'll say, Hey, just try this. And I've learned what works, what doesn't work. And I figured out what works for me. So that's one of the good things that I I highly recommend. You're going to hear guys say, Oh, intermittent fasting. That's the thing for me. You'll hear a guy say, well, keto is, it has worked for me or Atkins, uh, this new fad, whatever it is has made a huge impact in my life. Our bodies are not made the same way. Our chemistries are not mixed the same way. So what, what, what may work for you bones may not work for me and vice versa. So for me personally, I know what I need for electrolytes and it's a liquid IV thing for me. I know exactly how much I need. Um, but as far as vitamins and supplements, I tend to stick with just what's in my, in my routine diet. Yeah. You
0: mentioned green leafy. Are you mostly plant-based? Do you eat meat or what are you doing on that?
1: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. No, I'm I'm not a mostly plant based kind of guy. Um, uh, mostly, my wife has um, something called Crohn's and colitis, um, so we can't have a lot of red meat. Uh, it's just it doesn't work well in her system. So when I, it's just easier to make one meal for the family versus multiple meals. So we have a lot of chicken, um, not necessarily a lot of fried foods. We don't fry a lot of chicken. So a lot of baked chicken, a lot of grilled chicken, um, a lot of uh, a lot of spinach. Um, we try to mix in if we can have fresh fruits and vegetables. I prefer that over, over canned, um, just because one, it tastes better, but two, it's better for you. Uh, frozen fruits and, or frozen fruits and vegetables are almost as good if, if not as good as, uh, fresh, but canned stuff, you tend to lose a lot of that, uh, those nutrients. Um, my kids give me a hard time cause I'm the only one who eats the potato skin when we have baked potatoes. Uh, I grew up eating it that way. Um, uh, as long as they're clean, I think you always hear that's where the vitamins and nutrients are. So, um, you know, eating the peels on, on apples, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm not the guy to really come to and say, you know what what specific routine do you stick with? Because um, I don't really have one, but we do make sure that every one of our our dinners has um, has lots of bright colored foods on the table your squashes your zucchinis your spinaches um, corn on the cob that sort of thing we try to incorporate the summertime is great for that because you just pick it out of the garden and throw it on the grill it's terrific Uh, winter it gets a little bit harder to come by because most of the stuff is is not in season so that's kind of how how we do things we're not an organic family Uh, we have some organic foods in the house but we don't strictly stick to organic Uh, we don't strictly we don't have a vegan Diet. Um, I'm not a big eggs guy, um, so I'm not going to be scrambling eggs in the morning unless the kids want eggs. Um, So I just found what works. If it, I don't go with it. If it tastes good, eat it because chocolate cake tastes excellent. And hey, there's eggs in that. But you know what's good for you, what's not. I know what foods don't make me feel well. I, I can't eat a lot of pastas. Um, they really upset my gut. And I think for Christmas this year, I've asked my wife to do one of the, uh, one of the DNA tests for me to kind of understand not only my DNA, but also my diet. What am I predisposed to not really do well with? Is it, is it pastas? And I think it's grains and pastas, but I'd like to have that report that says you probably should avoid these certain foods. Cause I know when I feel like crap after what I eat, but this will be the science behind it to tell me. So in future news, hopefully next time we talk, I'll know that, hey, maybe I shouldn't have that much pasta at dinner because that's probably why I feel so sluggish and bloated.
0: Yeah, I mean, those DNA things are interesting. I, I haven't quite done enough research personally to kind of wrap my head around the, the I, I don't know, the, the absolute truth behind you know in, in other words yeah. I, I think there's going to be some things that we can glean from it and some things that we can kind of learn about but as far as kind of our does our dna specifically decide what actual foods we should or should not eat i don't know i mean again what, that's an emerging yeah
1: science i, I think for, i think the dna aspect because it might say that you're from this, your ancestry's from right. this side of the world. And these are, and this is I what think, they ate. yeah, see, I see. I'm not interested in that piece. I'm interested in the health piece. Cause there are certain ones that will also have a dietary component to it based on what, and, and I don't know how much of it is hocus pocus. Uh, I'm not going to change my life on it, but if it says you probably should avoid pastas, you, you have a gluten intolerance, I'm probably going to believe it because I know how I feel afterwards. I'm not going to stick with what a report to... says.
0: No, yeah, okay. Go ahead. But what if it says that you have to avoid green leafy vegetables?
1: I mean, uh... see, I'm well, then maybe, maybe I'll just mix in more green. Maybe yeah, I'll then... in some more green beans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I hear
1: and more green beans or peas.
0: Yeah, no. I'm just planting the seeds. Sometimes sure. we we love these labs because they reiterate what our bias is, and we want them to say what we already Bingo. think they say. And then Bingo. when they challenge us, we're
1: like, "Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe it's not as accurate as we." So anyway, just curious. I mean, maybe, like I said, I maybe Skittles. I, maybe Skittles shouldn't be your uh, your fruit intake. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right. Well, you know, and it, it, and I think we have to listen to our bodies, and I think some of the best things of what you're already doing is, you know, you, you, you try this and does, how do I feel as a result of it? Or if I do too much of this, how do I respond to it? And that's kind of what I do when I counsel patients, because we run labs that look at different things. We can run food intolerance labs and see how your immune system is reacting to certain nutrients and foods. And that's a more common lab than like a DNA when it comes to like, should I, should I not eat this because this is my immune system directly reacting to these foods Mm -hmm. Um, but even in that, you have to kind of take with a grain of salt and say, well, is it that way because I already have a disrupted gut that's allowing too many bad things in and the food itself's not bad. It's just my gut's bad and therefore this is coming. You know, so there's just all these parameters. Um, but I do find that um, a whole food diet, staying away from the sugars, the artificial colors and sweeteners. The copious amounts of alcohol and all these other things that we all can agree on, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of diet—too much meat, too much vegetable, whatever—you um, avoid those things, and, and most people do pretty well by tweaking, you know, the, the, the other the other parameters. You know, more meat, more vegetable less possible, whatever that might look like for you. Um, so, but it is interesting. I, mean, I think these labs are, are, are useful. And I just say, use it as a tool, uh, not as a, you know, concise, this is exactly what I have to do. Um, Good point. You know, as far as that goes. But anyway, um, speaking of advice, not that I was trying to give you um, advice, but uh, what has or was or has been the best health advice you've ever received?
1: You know, from a diet perspective, uh, everything in moderation. I don't think there's a problem with having, you know, just mentioned that chocolate cake. It's moderation, it's a special event. Um, so I think a lot of folks uh, almost take a militant approach. You cannot have the following things. And I don't think that that's the best, me personally. I think everything in moderation. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a glass of wine, having a beer. But when you're drinking a case, <laughs> when you're drinking yeah. a bottle, um, there's a problem. So for me, everything in moderation. Also, you know, it's, it's pretty simple math. If you burn more calories than you bring in, which is difficult, I, I wanna make this very clear. A lot of folks look at it and they say things like, oh, well, I can eat the cheeseburger and fries and the soda, and I'll be perfectly fine. Well, guess what? That's like a marathon. That's what it will require 20 plus miles for you to burn that off. So that's not necessarily going to work out. But when you, if you are counting calories and you uh, use some of these apps that are readily available and free, you can tag, you can scan a barcode on, 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 On whatever it is you're eating, or you can put in one apple, one orange, and it'll tell you the calorie intake. You can set a goal. I want to keep it under 3,000 calories. I want to keep it under 2,500 calories. You can balance that, you can track it. So, if you increase your fitness level and you decrease the amount of garbage you're inhaling, not only will you feel better, but you'll have tangible results. That's the type of feedback I've received in the past. I'm not a medical professional. I think it varies by person what you should and should not do. But I also think that, you know, the things that are a little bit excess, you know, the things that are probably not best for you. And I think you should listen to your body when your body tells you this doesn't bode well for you. Maybe you should cut back. If you're, if you're struggling later that day or early the next morning based on your diet, then maybe it's time to change that diet. So everything in moderation Um, I think is important. That also includes working out and adding in a little bit extra uh, workouts. It doesn't necessarily have to be running eight miles a day. If you set a goal for, I want to have 5,000 steps a day and maybe that goes up to 6,000 to 8,000 to 10,000 plus. I just think that's, that's a good thing to do to increase, you know, parking a little bit further away from the store and walking a little bit further. I mean, these are small things that you can do. I think where people fail is they set a goal that's way too big that is not necessarily achievable. I'm going to go from couch to marathon. That's too much. That's you're going to get you're going to get disoriented, you're going to start feeling that you're a failure and you're never going to reach it when you try to set a goal that's too far out there. So instead of a couch to marathon, maybe you should do a couch to 5k. Maybe you should try getting a mile under a certain, you know, a certain under 12 minutes. These are goals that are that are achievable, that are measurable, um, that make the most sense. But setting these outlandish goals will set you up for failure. We're going into the new year where people are going to set these new year's resolutions. And unfortunately, the gym is making a boatload of money at the end of December and in January. And come February, it's empty. So set goals that make the most sense for you. And don't try to do something that's too outlandish because you may not hit it. And especially if you don't have a support system, you're setting yourself up for for a failure.
0: Yeah, great points, and um, you know that's absolutely true. I think people get discouraged not achieving some of the goals that they want to achieve because it is just a it's it's too big to get to in the time frame that they want to get there. I think yeah. a lot of times we have these concepts, and there's another one from going couch to marathon. As long as you realize couch to marathons
1: a year. It's, it's not. Dr- it's not an overnight thing. Right. This isn't, it's not, this not even isn't,
0: three months. It's not. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get there. So I think we lose that perspective when we we shoot a big goal. Big goals are great, and I think we should have them. But we also have to be realistic in the time frame to achieve it. Um, all right, brother. I know we're coming up on time here. I know you, uh, you got to go, and and um, I want to be you know conscious of that time. A couple quick questions, just real quick. Uh, sleep. What, what time do you go to bed typically at night?
1: I go to bed about nine thirty, and okay. I get up at about four thirty or five. I could use a little bit more sleep, but when I hit the, when I head hits the pillow, I don't wake up. I, I don't Perfect. get up in the middle of the night. It's a, when you look at my sleep uh, durations on my watch, which I don't know how accurate those are. And my wife gets frustrated Your head hits the pillow and you don't move. Well, that, that means I had a good day.
0: <laughs> That's right. So, That's right. so I,
1: I would like to go to bed earlier, but with kids, a lot of times, um, you know, when you think about it with small kids, I get my kids in bed, we try to get them in bed at 7:30. Sometimes that bleeds to eight. And then that's when I have to do the F3 stuff. That's when I have to do some recording or I have to do the, so my day is spent doing my work stuff. Um, and so sometimes it's, it's a little bit later, but there's very little left in the tank at the end of the day for me. So when I hit the, hit the pillow, I'm out cold. So I'm a 9:30 ish, wake up five ish. That's yeah. kind of my routine. And then it changes based on the events that are upcoming.
0: Yeah. So speaking of events, do you have, I mean, obviously you mentioned the Grow Ruck coming up Mm -hmm. that you're going to participate as a trainer in. Do you have any other personal uh, big events that you have on the horizon that you're uh, training for?
1: I'm not training for any other events other than the upcoming Grow Ruck in Katy, Texas. Um, But as far as uh, when we move towards the Palmetto 200, I'm going to be ready. And when the guys call on me, I know that when they ready say, to drive
0: or ready to run.
1: Well, I, I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm driving, but I'm ready to run. Okay. I also okay. want them to know when they need a pace for me, I can legitimately say comfortably put me down at eight. And I know I that I'm going to be, I'm going to be eight or under. I don't want to tell them eight and be eight eight thirty or nine, which means sure. I have to stay on top of it. So, yeah. um, so for me, it's, it's the upcoming grow rug training event in Katy, Texas, uh, GT 34. And then the Palmetto 200 coming up in March, keeping, my, keeping, keeping everything rolling for that. Got it. Awesome. A um, couple last
0: questions. The first one is this. You've already, you know, relayed tons of health tips and information for us to take on and grab. But if you had like to boil it down to three tips to get a sad clown off the couch, moving on their own hunt for wellness, what would three tips be?
1: Yeah, I think it's find a support system. Um, I I think it's setting good goals. Um, and then it's, it's, uh, doing, doing a little bit more than you think you can. Your brain will tell you to stop. Um, you'll say this is too much, but it tells you that because it's trying to protect itself. Um, you can go further. I recently, there's a show that, um, that came out on national geographic that I'm really enjoying. It's called limitless with Chris Hemsworth. And what he does in this show is he's, he's attached to a bunch of heart rate monitors and breathing. They can tell his breathing and they put him in very high stress environments to see how his body reacts pre-training. So for instance, making him walk across virtual reality, he's wearing a a virtual reality mask and he's walking across a balance beam at 90 stories in the air and they're monitoring and He is going bananas because your body is like, this is too much. And then they put him into a fire training exercise where they only have a certain amount of oxygen in his tank. And he has to go into a burning fire with a fire crew and he has to rescue three dummies that are somewhere. And he has to find them. He gets one of the, now keep in mind, this is captain. I mean, this is Thor. This guy is a, is a legitimate world-class athlete. He got one body out and they said, your oxygen levels are too low because he was breathing so fast and so heavily. And then the final one, they put him into um, Navy SEAL training in Australia, and they were giving him all these different things he had to do. They bound his hands, his feet, made him bounce off the floor 20 times, come up 20 times, made him do somersaults, made him swim laps, And uh, one of the guys said, oh, yeah, that's what we call sinker. He's a sinker because he just he was sinking to the bottom. He was not ready. So they did all this to introduce all this stress and anxiety, see how his body reacted. And then they spent time with him to teach him breathing habits, um, things that you can do for yourself uh, as far as box breathing or talking about how you can talk yourself through stressful environments, telling yourself things like I have to do. You can do this. You got this. Keep focusing. You're moving in the right direction. I say all that to say this. If a world-class athlete is hitting his threshold because he's not prepared, what about you and I? What about the, the sad clown who's never done this before? You are going to reach this point where you don't think you can go any further. That's how it ties back to having that support system. Having a guy beside you say, I'm not going to let you quit. I'm right here beside you. Let's just make it to that stop sign. Let's see if we can just jog to that mailbox, whatever it is. So you need to have that support system. You're going to be faced with trials and tribulations. That is a not a if, but when. So having that support system behind you is of paramount importance. And setting goals that are achievable, um, that make the most sense. And you know having those that support system that knows those goals and knows how you're tracking and asking you those questions. The shield lock that I'm a part of does that. Are you moving in the right direction? How many times did you post this past week? Do you really think you're ready for this upcoming event? If you're doing the following, you need somebody to hold you accountable. So uh, that was a long, very verbose way of saying, uh, I think you just need to have the right people and the right goals and, and be ready for the challenges as ready as you can be and be ready to push through them. I,
0: I appreciate that, man. So one last question before I ask it. Uh, once again, uh, I just want to take a few moments and thank you. And, and, and let you know that I really appreciate you jumping on the show today and just dispelling, you know, your information and, and really helping people understand what, you know, works for you and, and what works for your family. And hopefully if someone's out there struggling, that they'll benefit from it as well and what you do for the nation and just personally um, what you've meant to me in my own F3 journey. So I appreciate you for all of that if somebody you, wanted to yeah you're welcome if somebody wanted to reach out to you uh have a question for you maybe get information in the newsletter what what yeah. uh learn more about the stuff we're trying stuff what um what are some best ways for them to reach
1: out to you honestly um I, the best is f uh, is italianjob at f3nation.com uh so that's the email address Um, I'm trying to get a little bit further away from social media because it is taking up too much of my time. So I, my Slack information or I'm on Slack, I'm on Twitter at F3 underscore Italian job. But quite honestly, the best way of getting in contact is that email, Italian job at F3 nation.com. Um, I will make time. It's just with all the bells and dings and all the notifications, I tend to say, I'll get around to them when I get around to them, And then I don't, but my emails, I stay on top of, so that's the best way.
0: Yeah. All right, buddy. Appreciate that. And so my last question is this, what is your definition of wellness?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think wellness, I, I, honestly, I don't think it's that challenging. I think wellness is finding balance and what's good for, for, for you at your season at that time, and it can change. So wellness, I think, uh, starts mentally. I think you, you need to be prepared. You need to think um, that I can and I will. And I, 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 know that I will make it through whatever this thing is. And then everything else is tertiary. The, the, the food you eat, uh, the things you watch, everything you ingest, um, you need to keep in mind whatever comes in will come out at some point. If you're eating garbage, you're going to feel terrible. If you're watching garbage, your language and the way you act around other people, it will, it will manifest itself. So, uh, wellness is, uh, is, is being mentally prepared. Um, And uh, making sure that the things that are coming in um, are of value to your body, to your mind, to your spirit, so that as you move in the the direction where you're going, you're accelerating and not decelerating.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.